This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, not seeing a headline at the Missoulians website right now. Boy, if if they were spending your money instead of giving you your money back, we'd see headline after headline after headline, editorial after editorial after editorial. But see, no, no, no. See, see the, the Republican supermajority and the governor of Montana, they're giving you your money back. They're allowing you to keep more of your own money and therefore that money will stay in Missoula. That money will stay in Kalispell. That money will stay in Great Falls. That money will stay in Billings. I could go through all 56 counties if you want me to, but I won't. Uh, I got a message, uh, uh, Tim Adams, uh, he, he sent me a message on, on Twitter, and uh, I, I didn't get a chance to respond to him yet, so I'll just respond over the air right now. It's just easier than uh, typing up a message, uh, plus we're on the air right now, so I, I got to be focused on the show instead of messaging back and forth, but he sent me a good message here. Uh, let me recap it here, word for word for you here. Tim says this, uh, hey, it's kind of amazing, you know, uh, Greg, i.e. Governor Gianforte, announced a $1,250 income tax rebate, $1,000 property tax rebates yesterday. And he says, I didn't see one news story on TV or in print about it. Now, he's in Missoula. Uh, now, of course, we, we've got a story on our Montana Talks website, not just one story, uh, all practically several stories. Uh, and I think some of them, I think, you know, the Lee newspapers might have had one headline a few days ago when it looked like these tax rebates were going to be a reality. Uh, but no follow-up, no, you know, it's it's only a billion dollars in tax relief. So, eh, you know, I guess it's not that big of a story. I did a follow-up story that not only talked about the tax relief itself that's coming to Montanans, but how much money would be flowing to each individual county, for example. $45 million for Yellowstone County, for example. Nearly $50 million for Gallatin County, for another example. But then I did another follow-up story yesterday because, uh, hey, a lot of people across Montana are very interested in this story, which tells you that it's news, right? And so I did another story about, okay, hey, you will not be taxed on these tax rebates when you get them, at least by the state. Uh, I'd imagine the feds are still going to try to get their slice, but you'd have to ask your official tax preparer for more guidance on that front. But at least the state will not be taxing you once again on these tax rebates once they show up. But, you know, uh, what, what I was going to say back to uh, to Tim Adams, and uh, for those who don't know, uh, he, he happens to be gay. Uh, uh, but he's also a, a conservative, and so he would appreciate this joke, and I think you might too. You know, Tim, what we got to do, we have to change the headline here in order for it to be news for the rest of the news. You don't say Montanans are getting tax relief. Montanans are getting a $1,250 tax rebate. You just got to change the headline to say transgender individuals in Montana are getting tax rebates. LGBTQ people are getting property tax rebates. I mean, it's true. They're getting the tax rebates, too. They're getting the tax cuts, too. They're benefiting from Republican policies as well. But see, so are the rest of us. That's why it's not news. Reporting from the Montana Legislature, I'm Eleanor Smith.
A bill requiring special training for public defenders who represent children in abuse and neglect cases passed the House of Representatives Wednesday on a vote of 98 to 1. Under the bill, public defenders would be required to get any training necessary to learn how to talk to the children and help them navigate these cases, cases that the bill's sponsors say can ultimately determine a child's future. House Bill 555 is sponsored by Republican Representative Jennifer Carlson. She said at the bill's initial hearing that House Bill 555 goes hand-in-hand with another bill passed through the House that would require all kids who have to go to court get a public defender. These attorneys need to be qualified in in areas of child welfare so that they can provide the best representation for children for the best outcomes. Beth Brenneman represented the Montana Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence and spoke as a proponent of the bill during the initial hearing on February 22nd. It's the essential piece that has been missing to ensure that children really get a fair shot in the system. So we would support this bill. These particular requirements are very good and they speak to the fact that most attorneys really aren't well trained to represent children. We just don't learn that in law school and it's different and especially when they're in very difficult situations and traumatized, it is difficult to figure out how to communicate with them. So the training to ensure that people know how to do that is very important. The bill passed third reading Thursday. It will now move on to... Monitor all transactions, but you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code NEWS at lifelock.com. Identity theft protection starts here. $45 million in tax relief. That's just the amount of money that's going to Yellowstone County, Montana residents. That's how much money you'll be able to keep in your pocket here locally. Gallatin County, almost $50 million. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. That's some of the latest details we got out of Governor Greg Gianforte. Check out that story on our Montana Talks website, or better yet, if you've got the Montana Talks app on your smartphone, you'll see it right there. Uh, plus, more details to follow. This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, you know, it's crazy, too, when you think about it here. Uh, so th- in some states, in some of these uh, liberal-run uh, cities where they're they're running their cities into the ground, they're actually giving uh, checks. They're actually handing out cash to homeless people. But even – now, you might disagree with that uh, because, you know, the argument uh, could be that the, basically then that money is just going to go straight into the drug trade uh, or straight to alcohol right but but in some liberal cities they're not just giving money to homeless people you have to be a transgender homeless person to get the money you can't just be you know typical uh white guy homeless guy if you want to get the cash payments for the homeless people you've got to you've got to be a transgender homeless person to get it you've got to be a guy who identifies as a gal then you get the homeless check uh handed out to you by the city crazy stuff let's get right into the phone lines here two nine four zero nine seventy and then we got a great guest coming up here after the 820 break uh first up on the phone lines we've got jerry in uh livingston uh jerry thanks for the call what's on your mind well i my wife and i was talking and you know if you can change your sex by changing something on your birth certificate we we didn't really want to change our sex but she'd like to be about four inches taller and i never quite made the six foot mark and we both thought we'd like to take off about 20 years (laughs) yeah why not right yeah, well, if you can change your sex, you can change everything. 
See, I, see, I want to I want to add a few years because I want to identify as a 55 year old because then I can go to the seniors potluck at my church because I know they've got the best food in town at, at the senior citizens potluck well, at my church. But I, you got to be 55 to go to the seniors potluck. Well, you shouldn't wish your life away, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is the life, though. Just, just, retired just go the other potluck. Way. Go the other way. Retired <laughs> potlucks. What, what else do you need in life? You know? Yeah, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you, uh, Jerry. Thanks for listening to KPRK. Uh, next up, let's go to Gary in Billings. What's going on, Gary? Yeah, good morning, Aaron, and thank you for your show. Appreciate it. Thank you. I want to talk about this. Uh, they're going after Ron Santos, uh, that rep from New York, about lying uh, about what he did. But isn't it amazing that they go after this poor little guy and Joe Biden can go out there and lie all day long and it's okay. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, you look at the list of things that Joe Biden – Joe Biden has been lying so long. You you can go back to the 1980s when he got thrown out of the presidential race because he got busted for lying. He got busted for plagiarism. And yet here he is, what, four decades later, still lying. You know, uh, Eric, I was watching that way back when Joe Biden was a senator, and they were trying to confirm that York, that Republican York for the Senate. And oh, Joe Biden yeah. was right there denying that guy. In fact, they ruined him. And Joe Biden was a young guy. You know, he always, always dressed really well, nice looking guy, but boy... That don't prove very much when you're lying all the time. But why don't why don't they go after him for lying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this you mentioned this uh, George. I think George is his first name. George Santos. He's that New York uh, Republican member of Congress, and yeah, he, apparently he's lied about a whole bunch of stuff. So the Democrats and the media and some Republicans too are saying, "Hey, he should be thrown out of Congress for lying." And it's like, well, should Joe Biden be thrown out of the White House for lying? Should Chuck Schumer be thrown out? Should John Tester be thrown out? Uh, right? Uh, you know, if it should start with George Santos, where should it end? Or maybe it should start with the other guys who got there first it should start with them uh yeah uh no good point here here's the other thing uh, maybe you can help me out with this one gary this is kind of random but as you were talking this question came to mind i don't know if anybody's brought this question up before or not but you know since uh, our, our jerry livingston was talking about you know wanting to identify as a younger man or as a taller man uh, and then i was joking about identifying as a senior citizen so i can go to the potluck at church i was wondering this how is it that when Joe Biden was a young man, he had less hair on top of his head than he does now as an 80-year-old man? I thought it works in the other direction, but it looks like he has more hair on his head now than he did back in the 1980s. Well, it's don't you feel like that we're just being sold out if we're a conservative Republican? And thank God for your show that people come on and express their opinion. That's how we get the news. You're not going to find it anywhere else. And 
you'll find some you'll you'll find some but uh but it's it's hard to find that's for sure all right gary thanks for the call great to hear from you is that why rush limbaugh always called joe biden plugs by the way you remember he'd call him plugs biden was that is that is that why rush would call him that uh you guys can fill me in uh two nine four zero nine seventy uh or uh, send us a message on the montana talks app we've got uh travis says yes hair plugs uh that's why rush limbaugh called calls him plugs <laughs> it's because of air plugs uh all the random things that'll come up when you start taking phone calls hey uh, on a serious note though coming up a- a- after this break here uh got a great guest who's going to join us for a few minutes and then the rest of the morning we're going to have the phone lines open to anything and everything you want to talk about uh state senator barry usher uh, one of my favorite lawmakers in Helena, State Senator Barry, Musher, uh, Barry Usher, is working on some legislation in particular uh, to protect our law enforcement personnel and our first responders and their families as well. And this was a this kind of stemmed from a conversation we had earlier in the week. We got a great phone call from Ron in Big Fork. Who you know? Who who raised some really good questions about taking care of our law enforcement personnel, especially if they're if they're injured on the job, especially uh, if if they're facing medical challenges and more. At Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage, N A V A G E, clean nose, healthy life. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we should be getting a phone call from State Senator Barry Usher uh, here any moment. I think maybe he might be thinking 8.30 was our start time. Uh, We were thinking 8.20, but that's all right because we got a lot of ground to cover here in the meantime anyway. Lots of stuff to talk about this morning. Let me see. Let me just give you a quick snapshot of some of the headlines on our Montana Talks website. Of course, we've got the latest details, the latest information in in terms of uh, the tax relief that is now headed towards the governor's desk, the tax rebate checks and more. Now, we covered that at length on the show yesterday, so I won't rehash it all for you. If you missed yesterday's show, just go to montanatalks.com and you'll see it there. Let's see. Here was another um, headline on our Montana Talks website that ties in uh, with this whole conversation about accountability. You know, that's what that's what Gary in in Billings was talking about is, okay, they want to hold they want to hold they want to hold this George Santos character. Who even knows who George Santos is? He's one of four hundred and thirty five members of Congress from somewhere in New York. Uh is he on the Intelligence Committee like Adam Schiff was on or Eric Swalwell, who was sleeping with a Chinese spy? Uh, why should we care about George Santos when the president of the United States is is basically running cover for the communist Chinese, right? Uh, why does George Santos matter? W- wouldn't the lies of Joe Biden be more important than the lies of George Santos? And it really just comes down to to accountability here, and especially accountability for the communist Chinese. For those of you who missed it, Peter Ducey, the White House correspondent, re- went after uh, uh, this uh, John Kirby character, who is the fill-in 
spokesperson at the White House. Whenever Corinne Jean-Pierre gets in over her head, they always try to pull John Kirby up there to spin things on her behalf. And and Peter Ducey raised a really good question, because now you've got not only the head of the FBI pointing the finger at the communist Chinese when it comes to COVID-19 origins, you've got the Department of Energy classified report that also uh, came out here uh, recently. Uh, And and let me just say, uh, I I know based on past experience that the Department of Energy has has very good capabilities, not only when it comes to nuclear energy, but they've got good capabilities when it comes to uh, to uh, research and scientific uh, understanding of things like covid-19 as well. So some people were asking the question. Why would the Department of Energy put out a report on this? I think there's uh, several good reasons, uh, but I won't go into all of that here. But uh, why is the Biden administration not holding the communist Chinese accountable here? I mean, you think about an opportunity now that, you know, they have been going uh, to South America to try to turn South America fully red, red China in support they've gone to africa to try to take over the african continent and so uh, you know how many of our diplomatic officials are, are are working every day to to try to raise the red flag about the threat of the communist chinese to our friends all over the world and and china is responsible for covid19 and they're just in and, and the biden administration is just letting them get away with it well could it be because joe biden himself benefited from covid19 how else were they going to take take down Donald Trump? Anyway, uh, here's uh, the question that Peter Ducey threw to uh, John Kirby yesterday. FBI director saying most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. If, if a foreign country came to the United States and killed 1.1 million Americans with guns, would the president just let that slide? Nobody's letting anything slide. That's why the president wants the intelligence community to work so hard to, to get to, hopefully, to get some, to some answers that, uh, that we can rely on. Oh, yeah. Nobody's letting anybody slide. Oh, we just still need answers. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. Look at that weak response. Look at the wimpy response coming out of these wimps in Washington, D.C. I mean, they're wimpy on the communist Chinese. They pretend to be tough against Vladimir Putin, but but they're the ones that are funding Putin's war in Ukraine. They're funding it through high energy prices because because they wanted to raise the price of oil and gas so they could fund their Green New Deal nonsense. So so they're they're wimpy when it comes to America's uh, enemies. But then, by golly, though, they will throw the full weight of the federal government at the American people like they did with the pro-life Catholic family, right? Uh, anyway, Senator Steve Daines, uh, he, uh, he did an interview with our friends at KGVO Radio in Missoula. And uh, and they brought up this this whole topic of of China and COVID-19 and the lab in Wuhan, China. And here's what Senator Steve Daines had to say about holding uh, China accountable. These Democrats are worshiping this green religion. And we all know their goal is to get rid of fossil fuels. The reality is the world is going to need 50 percent more energy in the next 25 years than we have today. Coal oil and natural gas will continue to supply the majority of our energy needs for the next nearly 30 years. And so this is why we've got to push back on this nonsense. Okay, I thought that was I thought cut 3 was the one where he was talking about holding the Chinese accountable. Hold on, uh, cuz he uh, let me see if it's this clip. If not, I'll cue it up for you later. Here's the quick story. 
Last fall, the administration started targeting gas stoves. Okay, that's another uh, green energy one. That's important, too. Uh, all right, uh, during the next break, I'll find the soundbite where he talks about holding the Chinese accountable. I thought it was cut three. My mistake. Uh, but we've got State Senator Barry Usher now with us on the phone line, so let's uh, jump right into the conversation. Senator Usher, great to have you on the show. Thanks for calling in this morning. Good to be here. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. It, well, first off, before we get into the uh, the topic at hand that, that we wanted to chat with you about, uh, Transmittal, uh, it's halftime in the Montana legislature. Where do things uh, stand from your standpoint? Um, well, yesterday, obviously, was a very, very busy day. I think we started at 8 and went to 10. Um, and I think the House is back in today because uh, they didn't get everything done yesterday that they needed to get done. Um, but I think uh, I think we did okay um, first half. You know, we we got I think at least a billion dollars of the revenue surplus going back to the people. Although I think we need to get more back to them since there's going to be several billion dollar surplus, and uh, we'll work on that in the second half. But other than that, we got some uh, pretty good bills. I think uh, transmitted over to the house. Um, I'm not sure what they have coming to us, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know we'll, we'll hear more in the coming days. What uh, what will meet that transmittal deadline and what has not met that transmittal deadline and what could still be awaiting us in the second half of the, uh, the quick 90-day legislative session? Uh, well, the uh, reason I was uh, wanting to get you on the show, first off, it's, it's always great to catch up with you either way. You're always working on uh, some good things, but... Uh, we had a, a call from uh, Ron and Big Fork the other day, and we were talking about Trooper Lewis Johnson, you know, our uh, great Montana Highway Patrol trooper uh, who's uh, who's now recovering from his injuries. And, and it brought up just this broader conversation about, about what all are we doing to support our first responders and what more could we and should we be doing to, to support our first responders? And I know you've got some legislation you're working on to do just that. Yeah, I do. Actually, last week, I don't know if Ron mentioned, they had a a big event for uh, Trooper Johnson up in Kalispell. I actually attended, and uh, they wanted me to attend to speak about my line-of-duty death uh, benefits. Actually, it's also for catastrophic injuries like Trooper Palmer. Um, but what happened, uh, just a little history, is I happened to meet Jody Moore, Deputy Moore's uh widow and also uh, Deputy Amendinger's widow and found out that, uh, you know, when uh, their spouse passed away in line of duty, um, they got phone calls and and letters saying that, um, unfortunately, the health care policyholder has passed away, so your insurance for you, health insurance for you and your kids will expire at the end of the month. And uh, I kind of scratched my head, and I said, that's that's heartless, one. Yeah. And two, you know, uh, what do we do? So I started researching a few years ago to find out what we actually do. And, and you know, we don't do much uh, here in Montana. Um, you know, sometimes uh, for catastrophic injuries like uh, Trooper Palmer, you know, he, there can be some uh, workman's comp, which ends up being a couple hundred dollars, you know, maybe 500 bucks a month. Um, you know, and, and very little benefit. So um, I proposed a bill to uh, start a, it's officially called the End of Watch Trust. Um, so 
so this draft will, I think we're going to try and fund it with about $20 million um, and then uh, pay benefits out on the interest every year. Um, over the last 100 years, I think we've lost one officer average per year or, or you know, average of loss or catastrophic injury. And uh, so over the last 100 years, it's been one. Uh, so we're proposing to give them a, a payment. Well, first off, the counties and cities and, and the state have all agreed that they will continue the health insurance for four months. Uh, and that's agreed upon with all those entities to make sure that the, the spouse doesn't have to worry about that. You know, when they're trying to grieve and trying to have funeral arrangements and everything else, they don't have to worry about health care, at least for the first four months. And then uh, we're going to, uh, you know, put uh, uh, give them a stipend every month for five years. Um, and out of that stipend, obviously, uh, the first thing we want them to make sure is they get that health insurance after the first Four months expire, and then uh, you know they don't have to worry about their mortgage. And you know most of these most of these spouses, you know, they're a single income family because you know when you're in law enforcement, you're 24 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. It's a big three, sacrifice. Three. It's hard hard to have two people working uh, when you've got yeah. one that's uh, sacrificing all that time. Yeah. Well, uh, well, this is. I'm, I'm glad you're tackling this because it's just outrageous that you know uh, you know that. She she loses her husband, and then one of the next phone calls is you're losing your insurance. Like, why would you have to get a phone call like that at a time like that? It's outrageous. Uh, more with State Senator Barry Usher right after this. The Ramsey Show. Right now, my wife and I were scared. I've been where you are, and I remember how it feels to have your stomach in your throat, and I know how terrified my wife was. Number one cause of divorce in North America today, money stress. So you guys have to look at each other, take her hands in your hands, give her a big hug, and go, okay, we're doing this together, and we're not going to let this take our marriage. And as a matter of fact, it's going to make our marriage stronger. And hold on tight. Weeknights starting at 9, right here on News Talk. Four. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I'm really glad uh, State Senator Barry Usher and the legislature is working to tackle this issue because, yeah, I mean, could could you imagine you're you're a, a grieving spouse? You just lost uh, your your husband or your wife. Uh, and, and they were murdered uh, by somebody and they're a law enforcement officer serving as a sheriff's deputy. And and in the midst of everything you've got to deal with, a grieving family, grieving kids, a grieving community, what's next in life? You just lost the sole, uh, sole provider for your household. And then you get a phone call that says, oh, uh, by the way, uh, you're going to be booted off the health insurance plan because... Uh, because your husband is no longer alive and is no longer serving as a sheriff deputy, so now you lose your health insurance. Just outrageous to think that a phone call like that would ever take place. Uh, but there's a number of, of things out there that I think we as the, the general public just would assume, oh, if something like this happened to 
one of our law enforcement personnel or one of our first responders that, well, yeah, they're going to be taken care of, right? We just make this assumption. And and then tragically, we find out through these various uh, circumstances that, no, there, there are a lot of gaps here that need to be filled. Uh, State Senator Barry Usher, uh, your legislation to, to help these families, where is it at in the process now? I'm, I'm assuming it met the transmittal deadline and we'll be able to move forward here uh, through the legislative session. Uh, yeah, and it uh, it's actually Senate Bill 294, which I thought was ironic because that's your phone number. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it uh, passed third reading yesterday in the Senate, so it's being transmitted to the House. Um, I've already had good conversations, and actually at least half my co-sponsors are over on the House side. So I, I believe we have support. I mean, I think... Uh, Second reading was fifty zero in the Senate, and and third reading I think was forty seven three, and I think the three actually just want us to um, tighten up the uh, catastrophic injury portion of it because uh, we 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 need to take care of the catastrophic injuries too. So basically, what that means is a catastrophic injury is someone who needs basically twenty four hour care. Um, so in, in, uh, in the case of Trooper Palmer, his wife pretty much gives him care 24 seven. Um, and obviously that means she can't work. So we need to take care of that family too. Um, so the, uh, three that voted against it yesterday pretty much said they just want to tighten that up because, um, you know, if, if somebody uh, is paralyzed and needs 24 hour care for the first six months and then they recover 100% should they still be, you know, getting these benefits when they are able to either get back to work or or, or get back to a different job. But uh, so that's understandable. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I wasn't disappointed. I didn't get, I was a little disappointed I didn't get 50-0, but uh, that's why those three. Um, just want to make sure that I clean the bill up and make sure it's right for for what the intent of the bill is. Yeah, that makes sense on that addition. Uh, yeah, and Trooper Palmer, of course, is the uh, Montana Highway Patrol trooper who a few years ago was basically ambushed and uh, and gunned down and thankfully miraculously survived. But, uh, yeah, uh, well, and, and tied in with, with that front, talking about catastrophic injuries, for example, in particular, I, I know one thing Montana Senator Steve Daines fixed at the national level, uh, this was, you know, going back five years ago, when we launched this new show, I remember this was one of the first topics we talked about where you had a, uh, a Billings motorcycle cop, a police officer in Billings who, what, 20 plus years ago, uh, uh, he was severely injured uh, while responding uh, to a call in this motorcycle accident. And, and the feds were still taxing him on his on his benefits that he was receiving, even though, it, and, and it's like, why are you taxing uh, somebody in this type of a situation? And then, and then they were being audited time and time again by the IRS. And so Senator Steve Daines finally got a fix to that on the federal front. D- do I understand that, that there needs to be a fix on the state front for that issue as well? Um, yeah. And that, uh, that actually is a friend of mine, Lad Paulson uh, was the officer on that motorcycle. And, um, I believe we still need a fix on, on the state side. Uh, this bill, though, that I have going forward may fix that a little bit. Um, these benefits in this end-of-watch trust will be state tax-free. 
And so we're hoping to try and work together to make sure that both the situation with uh, uh, Officer Paulson and these officers on this program um, should not be taxed state or federal uh, for any of the benefits that they get mm-hmm. when they were, you know, trying to protect and serve us, the people. It just doesn't make sense to tax them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and a lot of this conversation, too, we had a, you know, a great phone call from Ron and Big Fork earlier in the week, you know, talking about Trooper Lewis Johnson, who here just in the in the past uh, few weeks was severely injured, got run over by a, a criminal suspect. And, and uh, boy, it's just remarkable to see him up and communicating. And but but, you know, his his family, he now had to be flown to Denver uh, for additional treatment after uh, Logan Health did a great job taking care of him in Kalispell. He's but he's now in Denver. Well, that's going to mean extra travel costs for family and ex- all sorts of extra costs. And so so Ron raised a good question is, uh, you know, what more do we need to do? I mean, it's great that people are, are contributing and we encourage people to keep contributing to the GoFundMe account or to the local, uh, you know, a- account that's been set up. But but really, you know, should the state be picking up more of this tab? I think that's I think that's what a lot of us would like to see as well. Yeah, actually, uh, he, he's on workman's comp and you know, we were penciling out what is going to be covered and what isn't. And, you know, he could end up with some severe, besides just the travel costs, severe uh, health care costs that are not covered under the workman's comp. And it's my position, and I will continue to dig into that issue, it's my position that we should be paying for every penny of that. If he, if he was injured in the line of duty trying to protect and serve and put his life on the line for us as the citizens, then we should take care of that. And uh, so I'm going to continue to dig into that situation. Um, and it, it is a miracle, though, what great progress Trooper Johnson has had. Uh, I was there the other day when he actually came out and spoke to us, and uh, it was very moving. Um, but God and the stars were aligned for, for his care from, from the, I don't know what Ron said last week on your call, but, you know, Trooper Johnson, the first person who was actually already out of his car assisting, happened to be one of his good friends, but he was a combat medic, and he was the first one on scene. I think the second one uh, to get to him was a paramedic, another uh, public uh, safety officer, and I think the third was an EMT, and Logan Health even said, he showed up at their hospital in the ER better than almost any patient they've ever had because he had that great initial care from the moment it happened. I mean, the first person was there within seconds, and uh, and everybody after that was perfectly in line to get him to Logan. Um, and there's always wow. that, mer- that, that first hour is always the most important, but oh, this yeah. is minutes. Not hours. This was minutes. within minutes. Yeah, that was a remarkable part of that story. Where, yeah, the the guy who basically, the, you know, the Johnson family credits him with saving his life. He's a Lincoln County Sheriff's deputy, and turns out they're they're good friends. They both served in the National Guard together as well, and and now serving on the the streets and the back roads of of Lincoln County together as well. And that's who ended up saving his life, according to the family. Remarkable story all around. State Senator Barry Usher, uh, about a minute or so to go before our break here grateful for your time this morning uh well hey while i got you what yeah you were i take it you were at the rally in kalispell where everybody had rallied uh for the send-off uh, for trooper johnson what was that like um i was it was uh very moving um 
especially because nobody knew that uh, Trooper Johnson was actually going to come down. He was in great spirits. He's got the right attitude. He says uh, he is going to recover um, 100%, and uh, he's got that attitude. His wife is so strong, um, you know, helping him in every uh, every minute of every day to get to his goal of fully recovering. Um, but there was definitely a lot of tears and a lot of hugs and um you know, the law enforcement family comes together when something like this happens, and uh, it's it's uh, heart-wrenching to sit there and watch that happen. Yeah, and his wife, if, for those who don't remember, too, she is also a Montana Highway Patrol trooper. So service upon service, sacrifice upon sacrifice. State Senator Barry Usher, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for sticking around for a few minutes. Uh, always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, call in any time if you got more uh, more legislative topics you want to cover as well. Absolutely. I appreciate what you do. All right. Senator Usher, always a pleasure. Thanks for the time. Uh, phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. If you got something you want to talk about, you want to jump in on the conversation, or you can send us a message on our Montana Talks app as well. In fact, earlier I had a, uh, a great message from Jim in Malta that came in on our Montana Talks app. I'll, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty funny one. So I'll share that one. We'll lighten things up here in the next segment. I'll share this uh, this funny message from Jim and Malta coming up here after uh, the break. Yeah, a lot to talk about uh, this morning. So I think I need you to, to, uh, to guide us. What do you want to talk about? What do you think we should cover, uh, especially coming up statewide? Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The fact that they didn't go after Hillary for deleting those emails and and using bleach bit and destroying those devices. That special treatment, that wouldn't happen to all of you listening to this program. I promise you, they actively put their thumb on the scales in 2016. Even when the FBI in early October 2016 went to Christopher Steele, said, here's a million dollars if you can corroborate your dossier, he couldn't collect because he couldn't corroborate. By the end of October, even though he couldn't corroborate it, and they used it as the bulk of information in a FISA application. And remember, it was Deputy FBI Director McCabe that said, well, if we didn't have the dossier, we wouldn't have gotten the FISA warrant. And nobody was held accountable. The Sean Hannity Show, from coast to coast, later today. I want to remind you about something that you wouldn't think could happen, but it can, and it's people can steal your home. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real, and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you but Home Title Lock does. They want to give you an absolutely free, no obligation, uh, verification that your home is still in your name. You register for 30 days of protection for free. Just go to Home Title Lock. E. Clean nose, healthy life. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks 
with Aaron Flint. Oh, man, I was kind of whistling along to that song for a moment. I almost pulled a Mark Levin. I was listening to Mark Levin one, one afternoon, and he was just whistling along to some 90s rock song for like five minutes. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to listen to Mark Levin whistle for a few minutes here. All right, well, you go ahead. You're Mark Levin. You do whatever you want to do, brother. That's all right. All right, here, I got some uh, great messages that came in on our Montana Talks app. Plus, we got a caller on the phone lines as well. Uh, earlier, uh, I was talking with Gary and Billings, and, you know, we had been talking about, you know, older people that want to identify as younger people and males that want to identify as females and the like. And and then, you know, uh, Gary and Billings was talking about uh, the uh, the liar George Santos and why do they want to hold him accountable, but they, they don't want to, you know, hold the lying Joe Biden accountable. And so I just threw out this random question. I said, speaking of that, why is it that Joe Biden has, seems to have more hair on top of his head now than he did back when he got kicked out of the presidential race for plagiarism in the 1980s. And uh, I had a message from Ben in Billings uh, during the break on our Montana Talks app. He said, I was just going to say plugs. Rest in peace, Rush. That's right. Rest in peace, the great uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, let's see. A message from Jim in Malta, you know, uh, on the conversation where we were talking about some of these liberal cities now, they want to give cash payments to homeless people on the streets. They want to hand them cash. But in some of these liberal cities, they're only handing the transgender homeless people the cash. You're just a white dude or even a white woman. I mean, if you're a homeless Karen, if you're a homeless Karen, they will not hand you the cash. Now, if you're if you're Jim that identifies as Karen and you're homeless, they'll hand you the cash. But you can't just be old white lady Karen or old white uh, guy Jim to get the cash. Uh, Jim and Malta says this. What if you were a white male Christian heterosexual veteran who was homeless in those liberal cities that are handing out twelve hundred dollars? guess they probably charge you rent for sidewalk space. Jim and Malta, thanks for that message. Let's go into the phone lines. We've got, uh, let's see, who do we got first here? Uh, John in Billings. John, thanks for the call. What's going on? Uh, good morning, Aaron. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, you know me. This, this is John from j Hey, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Hey, um, I just want to bring this up. If any of our senators are listening or anybody, I'd like someone to look into the fact why do small businesses like mine have to pay so much money for insurance, whether it be for state employment or just general liability, something like that. My insurance three years ago exactly doubled, and it put quite a strain on us, and it's gone up every year since. And so I'd like to know where the top of that is. But it's getting ridiculous, and it's getting quite expensive for us to even program the money for it because it always comes back more than what we have programmed for. If someone could look into that, that'd be great. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. I wonder if that would be a good Troy Downing State Auditor, Commissioner of Securities and Insurance type question. Uh, yeah, I guess health insurance, we know what's happening on that front. With the, we started with Obamacare nonsense and then in, in the more, but uh, right. what about other types of insurance? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm a veteran so I can go to the VA for my health care and my wife's covered by the same thing. And if it wasn't that way, I wouldn't be able to stay in business because it would be too much money to pay out for everything else and not have any left over to, to live on. Yeah, yeah. I, I just mentioned your name yesterday, by the way. There was a uh, uh, a uh, an old Air Force jet mechanic who was uh, the uh, the courtesy uh, 
courtesy van driver at um, at Denny Menholt. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, you got to go see John out at J&L Industries. Uh, he was a jet mechanic as well. <laughs> well, thank you. He told, yeah, me a fun- he told me a funny story, too. He said he had to go to some training certification program, and the guy who ran the program was a prop guy. Wouldn't let any uh-huh. of them in the building because they were jet guys. He, he'd only let prop guys in the, <laughs> So they had to do all their training outside. That was pretty there funny. There you go. <laughs> pretty funny. Old, old grudges, they'll stick around, won't they? All right, uh, John, great to hear from you there at uh, J&L Industries. Always a pleasure. Phone lines are open coming up in the 9 o'clock hour as well.